0: Welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening that you are having a great week, a great night, and that you are going to have a very successful transition to the month of April. Happy early April Fool's Day. I wish that I could tell you, ha ha, the Grizzlies lost April Fool's Day one, but unfortunately, that's not going to be the case. Once again, the Grizzlies lose to the Jazz, 111 to 107. Now, here's the thing. Moral victories only take you so far in professional sports. And if you're an NBA team, it purely sucks to lose to the to the same opponent 3 times in 5 nights but when that opponent is the best team in the NBA and the Grizzlies took them down to the wire in two of those three games. There are some positives to build off of. And I'll talk about the positives and the negatives, uh, negatives in the first segment. Three takeaways from this game that I think are important for the Grizzlies going forward. In the second segment, I'll talk about, you know, this was our last game in the month of March. I'm going to discuss some positives and negatives in reviewing March that really stand out for the Grizzlies as they go into a very tough stretch in April. A stretch where after this game against Minnesota on Friday, the Grizzlies are going to play four 15 teams that have playoff aspirations this season. A heck of a stretch for Memphis, including, you know, and one that they're going to have to navigate very carefully for a team themselves who has playoff aspirations. And in the third segment, I'll talk about a player that I think has to step up, and if he does, he could become the fourth rookie for the Grizzlies over the past three years to get some rookie. A postseason accolades as a rookie, and that's Desmond Bain. Talk about kind of where he is, you know, coming into the second half and where he could be when it comes to some rookie discussions for awards in the postseason. All that coming up in this episode. We do want to remind you that you can find the podcast wherever it's available Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app iTunes, wherever you choose to listen to podcasts, that's where we are. The show is at Locked on Grizzled Twitter, myself at Sec. I'll tell you another place I'm going to be tonight, and that is on the app that is sponsoring the show, and that is the Locker Room app. Changing the way we're talking about sports every Thursday night. So to, to on Thursday night, either at 5 or 9, I'm changing the time up a little bit due to some scheduling stuff. Either t- tomorrow night at 5 p.m. or 9 p.m. on Thursday night, I will be hosting Let's Talk Grizzness, our weekly episode where I go into the Locker Room app, and we talk about all things Grizzlies. If you want to join, go to the App Store. Unfortunately, only on iOS devices right now, but that could change in the near future. Go to the App Store, download the app, create a pre-fo- profile, get in there. I'll specify the time on Thursday morning. Come join us. Let's talk all things Grizzlies. And we've got plenty to discuss, obviously, with a very congested schedule. But three takeaways from last night's game. So the first thing is that it was a crazy game. Like but the reason why the Grizzlies were able to keep it close is because they proved to themselves they can feature what they're best at against the best in the NBA. Couple of crazy stats from last night's game is that the 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 the, the, the Jazz the Grizzlies allowed the Jazz to attempt 49 threes last night while the Grizzlies themselves only attempted 18 games or 18 threes. This is only the second time in NBA history in which one team has allowed their opponent to attempt 49 or more threes while they themselves attempted 18 or less threes. This is only the 13th time in NBA history in which one team has made 16 or more threes, another team has made 5 or less threes, and the the victory margin was less than 4 points. That's crazy. The reason why last night had these statistical anomalies, why last night when it came to shooting the three, it was such a rare game, is typically if you see a team attempt 49 threes while the other attempts only 18, the one that attempted 49 threes kicks the other team's ass. That's typically what you see. But the Grizzlies were able to not let that happen because it was their strengths. It was featuring their strengths. That kept them in the game. Yes, they had a 33-point deficit when it came to threes, but... The Grizzlies were able to win the turnover battle, and they outscored the Jazz 25-11 to on points off of turnovers. They outscored the Jazz 60-42 to when it came to points in the paint. The Grizzlies' strengths, creating turnovers, passing, producing the paint, and scoring off of turnovers or scoring in transition, all of that was on display last night. And that's the great thing about it. This Grizzlies team knows that they can play their style of basketball. They can play their best brand of basketball against anybody in the league. But the problem is, is that, and this is the second takeaway, take the problem is, is that even though the Grizzlies may be able to feature their strengths against any team in the league, the, the success based off of that of them featuring their strengths is limited. Because at the end of the day, all those strengths allow for the Grizzlies to have an easier time making two-point shots. If they can't couple featuring their strengths with either the ability to shoot the three or defend the three, or heaven forbid they do both of those in the same game, their upside's limited. If the Grizzlies are not shooting the three or defending the three, no matter how strong they are against, or or no matter how strong they are at their strengths, of producing in the paint, creating turnovers, passing, and scoring in transition, If they, Even if they're able to do that against good teams, if they can't shoot or defend the three, they're likely going to lose. We've seen that on multiple occasions in the month of March. The Grizzlies have got to do one of those two things in this game. And that's the second takeaway that comes from this, is that we know the strengths of this team. We know what they're good at. Mentioned it a few times already. But we also know what they're clearly weak at, and that's shooting and defending the three. And for a team, In a front office that mentioned to start this season that the whole goal of this season was for data accumulation. That is one positive that comes from playing the Jazz three times in five nights. You clearly know what you're good at, you clearly know what you're weak at, and you know which one of those are more impactful. And for the Grizzlies, they've been able to minimize now on multiple occasions in the second half of the season that their clear weakness is shooting and defending the 3 and no matter how good they are at the things that they're good at against good teams they're not going to be successful unless they can shoot or defend the 3 so that gives them the areas they need to focus on going forward now those those weaknesses shooting and defending the 3 cons- or defending the 3 consistently that's likely not going to be met this year but again, this year was never the focus. The future is the focus. So we know what this roster can do good. We know what this roster is weak at. And right now, it's hard against good teams for what the Grizzlies are good at to overcome what they're weak at. That These type of games allow for our front office to clearly know what they need to value in future additions to this team. So that is why this is a growth game. And that's why tonight was still a positive despite the result. The other reason why tonight was a positive was because of the third takeaway, and that is John Morant, once again, is showing why he is a superstar in the making. He is more consistently, because of his consistent aggressiveness, he is on a more consistent basis, stepping up when the Grizzlies need him to most. In two of these three games now, John Morant has scored 30 plus points. He joins Bradley Beal and Damian Lillard as the only three players who have scored 30 or more points against the Jazz. That includes the team that has arguably the best shot blocker that we've seen in, in maybe at least a quarter century, maybe a half a century in Rudy Gobert. He joins Bradley Beal and Damian Lillard as the only three players that have scored 30 or more points twice against this Jazz team since the start of the 2019-2020 season. That's some pretty damn good company to be a part of. And yes, Jaw loves talking about where his teammates contributed. Yes, Ja loves involving his teammates. But Jaw knows that when the game's on the line, when the Grizzlies need their offense to be consistent to have a chance to win, it's on him and he is delivered multiple times this month. Yes, some other encouraging things from tonight were uh, Kyle Anderson kind of having a rebound game after a tough month of March. He's regressed a little bit in the second half. 18 points, 11 rebounds for him. The other thing is, is this is either the third or fourth time over the past probably, I would say, six or eight games that the Grizzlies' starting lineup has been what has carried them. Yes, the Grizzlies bench is certainly an asset, but with Brandon Clark and Justice Winslow and Grayson Allen out tonight, the starting lineup stepped up as it needed to, and that's what's going to make the offense more consistent. That's what this Grizzlies team is going to need more of as it goes into a very tough April schedule, the starting lineup standing up and contributing one through five. So those are some encouraging things. But the biggest takeaway from tonight, in my opinion, despite right now the Grizzlies' weaknesses Being more impactful than their strengths against good teams was John Morant stepping up and delivering when his team needed him the most. And that's going to have to be a consistent theme going into April. But what other themes... Can we take from March that really stand out going into April? Coming up, I'm going to cover that, discuss a few things, two positives and two negatives to take from the month of March that really could help define how successful the Grizzlies will be in a tough schedule coming up in April. We'll be right back with you here on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Obviously, you're likely a fan of podcasts if you're listening to this show or if you listen to other Locked On Podcast Network shows. We can't thank you enough. For your support. But if you're a fan of different types of podcasts, I actually have a great one that I think that you will love. And I'm excited to tell you about this new podcast that I think you're really going to enjoy. And it's called Death at the Wing. It's a sports documentary podcast hosted by Adam McKay. Yes, that Adam McKay, writer and director of the big short Vice, and one of my all-time favorite movies, Anchorman. 1980s basketball saw players like Magic Johnson and Dr. J become household names, bringing a faster and flashier style of play that captivated TV audiences. But along the way to wealth and stardom, the excess of 80s took its toll on the next generation of basketball, and never in the history of any sport have we seen so many who were ready to become stars face tra- tragic deaths in such a short time frame. McKay is joined by sports journalists and experts who lived through these moments in history to explore this overlooked phenomenon and the web of social, political, and cultural forces at play. If you love The Last Dance or you love 30 for 30, I think you're going to love Death at the Wing. Search for Death at the Wing wherever you get your podcasts to start listening. Locked on NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Obviously, there's so many things going on in the world of sports now that it would be nice to have an option for you to be able to get all your sports news that you need in a short amount of time. Well, we've got that for you here on the Locked On uh, Podcast Network, and that's the Locked On Today Podcast. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today Podcast. Great, great, great host, Peter Bukowski, updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Again, follow the Locked On Today Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The start of the second half of the season for the Grizzlies has absolutely been what we thought it would be. It's been exactly what many thought it would be for the Grizzlies. It's been a tough month in which the Grizzlies' depth has shined through, their health has has stayed overall pretty consistent, but at the end of the day, the Grizzlies remain a team that truly is right at you know a 500 record right now. They truly are a team that right now is basically a, a, a net even when it comes to their play and and it shines through on several different levels, but at the end of the day, this Grizzlies team was seven and nine. You know, since the second half of the season began, they're six and seven on the season. This team certainly has had some good wins this month. They were able to beat the Boston Celtics in a very very memorable, you know, grit and grind style game against the Miami Heat. They were able to pull off the win. They have had a few inexplicable losses, you know, against the Thunder and also a, a you know limited. Golden State Warriors team without Steph Curry. So there were some good wins. There were some inexplicable losses. But a big takeaway from this month is that against some of the better teams in the NBA, the Grizzlies gave themselves chances to win. Yes, they did get blown out by the Suns and also by the Jazz in games this month. But they also lost by only, I, I believe, they, they they had the chance at the final buzzer to beat both the Bucks and the Nuggets. They came within a few seconds of being able to tie or take the lead against the Jazz in the last 30 seconds in two of the three games that they played them. So the Grizzlies have truly been able to be competitive against some of the best teams in the NBA. But the big thing that stands out is the fact that now they're going to have to figure out a way to turn some of those close calls, some of those moral victories, some of those almost could have, would have, should have moments, they've got to start converting those to victory. The reason why is because the only two games in the month of April, a game in w- a month in which the Grizzlies are going to play 17 games in 30 days, the only two games that the Grizzlies as of right now have against teams that they should clearly be favored over, are the first game, which is the Timberwolves on Friday night, and the last game of the month. In between there, 15 games, the majority of which are on the road, 15 straight games, in which the Grizzlies are going to be playing teams that have playoff aspirations for this season. So the Grizzlies are going to have to figure out soon how they're going to need to improve for them to be able to get some of these close calls turned into wins when they're playing 15 straight opponents who there's probably either they're going to be slightly favored or slightly underdog against, some cases probably significant underdogs against, in the month of April, but I do think there are three areas where the Grizzlies really can focus on producing that are encouraging. Yes, the numbers from March are negative, but they offer clear insights on some needed areas of improvement for the Grizzlies for them to give themselves a chance to win. Now, I don't have—I've given you the numbers plenty of times this month when it comes to shooting and defending the three. That, above all else, is where the Grizzlies have got to improve. They don't improve there, their chances of making the playoffs through this schedule probably start to dwindle if they start losing a few in a row. That's just the absolute truth. So all of this starts on shooting and defending the three. But through the month of March, at least through tonight's game against the Jazz, through the month of March, the Grizzlies were 21st in offensive rating. That's understandable. You know, the offense has certainly been inconsistent, especially when it comes to shooting the three. They've sucked shooting the three this month, and it makes sense, especially their starters. We'll get into that in just a second. But yes, the Grizzlies' inability to shoot the three – is the reason why their offense has struggled. So it's 21st in the league in the month of March. Their defense is actually sixth. They had the sixth best defensive rating in the NBA. And this time around, it hasn't necessarily been all because of creating turnovers. It's been because they played more effectively at limiting teams from scoring, especially from inside the arc. So this Grizzlies defense, once again, you know, we talked about it in January when the Grizzlies were winning games severely um, you know, with a severely limited roster, they were winning games because their defense emerged as an identity. It stayed consistent. This is a legitimate top 10 defense. They once again have showed it in the month of March. And the overall net product is they had a 0.4 net rating, good for 16th in the NBA. But basically, what that means is this is that as bad as the Grizzlies' offense has been at times, their defense has kept them afloat for at least for them to slightly keep their head above water. And that certainly is a positive going into what will be a tough month of basketball. But the thing about those ratings is this, is that an area where the Grizzlies have to improve, they absolutely have to improve, is this, is that their net rating in the first half of games, and we talked about it, Coach Jenkins has talked about slow starts in the first quarter, we've talked about how the starting lineups for the Grizzlies have regressed in the second half, the Grizzlies, and we talked about all season long how they struggled in the second quarter, in the month of March. The Grizzlies had a negative 7.4 net rating in the first half of games. That is 27th in the league in the first half of games. In the second half of games, they're at a positive 7.5. Good for fifth in the NBA. So basically what that comes down to is this. When it comes to what the Grizzlies are doing in the first half of games, they're playing like a bottom five team in the NBA. In the second half, they're playing like a top five team. And we know that's consistent because we know this Grizzlies team consistently is making adjustments at halftime. But that's the thing about it, is that if they want to improve their play, we hear all the players and Coach Jenkins talking about it, it's that they've got to play that full 48. They've got to stop digging themselves in such deep holes in the first half to where even though they play much better in the second half, a lot of times it's too big of a hole to climb out up. So where the Grizzlies start first is by getting off getting off to better starts in each game. Figuring out what lineup is going to work to get off to good starts. That's the first thing the Grizzlies need to do. That goes to my second point. The second thing that the Grizzlies need to do is they've got to learn and they've got to figure out how to get pro, more productivity out of their starting lineup. Again, the Jaw Grayson, um, Dylan Kyle Anderson, Jonas Valanciunas starting lineup. 17.6 first quarter net rating in the first half of the season. Second half so far, going into this game, that starting lineup had a 1.9 net rating. Regression from Kyle Anderson. Regression from Grayson Allen. Yes, those things have happened. The Grizzlies are going to have to figure out how to get their starters more productive. In the month of March, this Grizzlies team was 20th. The starting unit was 20th in field goal percentage in the NBA. When it came to shooting the three... They made 31% of their threes. The next lowest team, when it came to shooting the three, made 33% of their threes, and we made 30.9%. This team is not going anywhere until this starting lineup figures out how to once again shoot the threes. Yes, it's nice to see Grayson Allen, and yes, it's nice to see Desmond Bain in that starting lineup, but if they're not consistently shooting the threes throughout the entire game, it doesn't make a difference. One quarter, if the Grizzlies were getting off to a great start in the first quarter, but they were letting it go in the second quarter, and now they're not getting off to any type of productive start in the first or second quarter, they're just digging themselves too big of a hole. They've got to figure out how to stop doing that, and that's shooting the three-better. It's defending the three-better. That's what it comes down to. That's the biggest area where it comes down to it. you got to shoot the three, and you got to defend the three-better all 48 minutes, including the first half of the games, and that starts with your starters. This starting lineup is going to have to figure out how it can make at least three more threes per game. At least three more threes per game. It has the ability to do it. It certainly does. Scheming better plays, strategizing better looks from three, so on and so forth. They've got to be able to do it. The starting lineup for the Grizzlies is only, only average five threes per game in the month of March. That's it. Five threes per game. If your lineup that you feel is full of the best players that you have is only producing you five threes per game in today's NBA, you're not going anywhere. Nowhere at all. And so that's the second thing. This Grizzly starting lineup has got to play better. But the one good thing going into the month of April is that one player who is at least playing his best when it's needed most is Ja Moran. That's correct. It's Ja Moran. Coming in the month of March, John Morant had two 30-point performances in his NBA career. He had one last year, that was the Nets game in the third game of the season. His 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 debut, his declaration to the NBA. When it came to him being on the scene, him being a true star. That was the Nets game last year. It was the only time he scored 30 points in a game. This season, John Morant scored forty-four against the San Antonio Spurs were career high in the first game. We all got teased with what we thought John Morant was going to be, you know, at the start of this game. And it's not necessarily that he hasn't been that frequently. It's just, unfortunately, he had the injury that kept us away from being able to see him fully healthy. But the big point is, is that before the month of March, John Morant had two 30-point games in his career. In the month of March, he doubled those games. And the thing about it is this, is that in three of those four 30-point games, it absolutely was needed against better teams. Started 0-7 and 0-5 from the field in the first quarter. Zero points against the Bucs. Scored 35 in the last three quarters to pull the Grizzlies within one to have a chance to win at the end of the game. Over the past five nights, he's given that he's he's allowed the Grizzlies to only lose by a total of seven points in those two games because he scored 32 and 36 points in those games. John Morant is finding out how he's learning how to take games over more frequently, and he's doing it against the toughest opponents. And that stretch where we play 15 straight playoff opponents, that's gonna be huge. I'm not saying he's gonna score 30 every night. It's probably impossible for him to do that. But there are going to be opportunities where he's going to be able to deliver that type of performance. This Grizzlies team, by playing a full 48 minutes, shooting the three, defending the three, and the starters contributing, that's how they need to support the effort that John Moran is pushing forward. You know he can do it, and you know he's going to do it on the biggest stage. It's now time for the rest of the team to step up and the coaching staff to step up to make the needed adjustments to support his efforts. And that's how this team will be able to take what they learned in March. Take a lot of those close games against better teams that they had that were almost wins or were moral victories. Those are the ways that they turn those moral victories into clear victories in the month of April to really, once again, get going towards the playoff goal this team has. But I'll tell you another contributor who really needs to step up for this team, as he has it time, most of the time this year, sometimes has fallen off a bit as the NBA has adjusted to him, but he's consistently delivered where the Grizzlies need it most, and that's shooting the three. That is rookie Desmond Bain, and coming up, I'm going to talk a little bit about where Bain is as far as this season goes, and if it could result in him continuing a trend of Grizzlies rookies getting postseason accolades. We'll be right back with you to discuss Desmond Bain on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Today has finally arrived. If you are someone that cheers for baseball like me as much as you do basketball, the MLB season is arrived today. Today on Thursday, the MLB season, it's open today. Go Braves, by the way. But regardless of who you cheer for, there's another sport for you to be able to enjoy, and it's here now. NBA basketball is in its stretch run. The NHL season is in its stretch run. Both men's and college basketball are at the Final Four. It's a really exciting time. Even if football is your first love and it's been away for multiple months, it once again shows that the sports calendar never stops. UFC, soccer around the world, whatever you cheer for, however you cheer for it, however you choose to enjoy being a fan, if wagering and betting are part of your experiences as being the fan, I've got one place that's got you covered, and that's betonline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to be able to bet on sports. Doesn't matter what you cheer for. BetOnline's got you covered. It's even got you covered for rewards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything and everything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news scores and odds. It's the best place to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks expert. Again, go to the website or use your mobile device and use the promo code Locked On to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We've been talking about to you uh, through the whole month of March about Built Bar, the best protein bar that's out there on the market. It's an amazing addition to your day, whether it's for health, just a tasty snack, or if it's for breakfast, in the afternoon, before, after, workout, however you use it, it's a great addition to your day. And the reason why is because there's so many different flavors to choose from, over 18 flavors, and they've been having fun all month long allowing for you to choose the best taste in the Built Bar March Madness Tournament. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now or go to Bar underscore Built and go to the website, you'll be able to vote for today's matchup as we're winding up the Built Bar March Madness Tournament. And don't forget, the other thing to do is, is when you order your next subscription to Bilt Bar, your next packages a Bilt Bar, whatever you want to call it. When you go to Bar.com, put in the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order from Bilt Bar. But I can tell you this, once you add it to your day, it's going to be there to stay. Again, go to BiltBar.com, put in the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order from Bilt Bar and stay a while and vote for the updated matchups in the Bilt Bar March Madness Tournament to ultimately determine what the best tasting Built Bar truly is. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with the Locked On NBA D- Draft podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. One thing that we've had fun discussing a lot here because, you know, hey, on occasion we like to brag about the team that we love, and that's the Grizzlies' ability to draft. The Grizzlies have, you know, I'm going to say it, no team in the NBA has had better success at drafting over the past three years than the Memphis Grizzlies. And this year was no different, though they came into the 2020 NBA draft with only one second-round pick at number 40. Yet they came away with arguably two clear first-round choices. Two clear choices, one that was first-round, but two that should have been in the first round, in Desmond Bain and Xavier Tillman. Now, over the past two years, the Grizzlies have had a trend going. They've had three rookies over the past two years, that it made the all-NBA rookie first team. Jaron Jackson Jr. made it in the 2018-2019 season, and last year, John Morant, who won the NBA Rookie of the Year award, made the first team, and Brandon Clark, who damn sure should have been second a runner-up in the NBA Rookie of the Year voting last year, also made the first team. So can the Grizzlies potentially go three straight years in which they have a rookie be able to make the NBA, the all-NBA rookie first team? All rookie NBA first team. They have a chance. And his name is Desmond Bain. Now, I had hoped that we may be able to talk about both Xavier Tillman and Bain. And through January, at least, we had that conversation. But since the Grizzlies have got some of their players healthy and back, Xavier Tillman's minutes have fallen off. He's run into that proverbial rookie raw, which makes perfect sense. But with Desmond Bain, yes, we certainly do have an opportunity. Do I think it's going to happen? I don't know. We'll see. The thing about it is, is that Desmond the, De- Desmond Bain's candidacy for the All-NBA Rookie First Team is because of how historically good of a three-point shooter he is. And I just don't know if that's going to be able to get him over the hump to really be there. But there is some opportunities where he could get there. It's just that one thing that may stand in his way is the outstanding play of players who right now are not playing, plus across-the-board better contributions, from other players. The NBA has a rookie ladder that they update on a weekly basis and Desmond Bain has been in the eighth or ninth spot on that rookie ladder for most of the season. The latest rookie ladder offers this current rankings when it comes to the rookies. Tyrese Halliburton is at number one, Anthony Edwards at number two, Emmanuel Quickly at number t- three, Jay Sean Tate at number four, Sadiq Bey at number five, and then LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman, and Desmond Bain. Now, think about it as this is so he is eighth. And so you've got LaMelo Ball and James Wiseman who are there. Now, let's be honest. When it comes to the All NBA rookie first team, I think that we can count a few players as clearly having places on that team. Tyrese Halliburton, without a doubt is going to have one. He certainly is going to have a place on that all-NBA rookie first team. And he also, even with how LaMelo has played excellent, and in my opinion right now, LaMelo is still the clear rookie of the year, Tyrese Halliburton, if he has a great six months, especially, or last six weeks of the season, especially if he plays a big role in the Kings somehow achieving a play-in spot, you know, or playoff spot in the NBA, you know, postseason. I think that he has the ability to take over. But at the end of the day, both LaMelo Ball and Tyrese Halliburton have spots on that all-NBA rookie first team. And I also think that Anthony Edwards does as well. It's going to be hard for Bain to be able to overcome players like Emmanuel Quickly and Jay Sean Tate as well because they're scoring more, which we know from last year. We know firsthand Grizzlies fans know more than anybody right now that this is a quantity award. Jay Sean Tate, because of his across-the-board productivity, and Emmanuel Quickly, they have across-the-board contributions. That's why they're probably going to have a better opportunity. But when it comes to Bain, especially if we, as we've seen it in the past, where this rookie team has expanded, I still think he has an outside chance. The big thing for him is, though, is that he's got to be able to be given the opportunity. Where he's got his chances shooting the three right now, among, you know, at certain statistical thresholds based off a certain amount of projected threes that he's going to attempt, Desmond Bain is only behind Anthony Morrow and Dresden Petrovic Pech- when it comes to three-point percentage by a rookie. So far this season, Desmond Bain is averaging 1.7 threes made per game, 3.8 opportunities, and four, and he is shooting 45.5% from three. If you are frustrated by the fact that I say he's only getting 3.8 threes per game, you're damn right you should be frustrated. My thing is this. Yes, Desmond Bain may have an outside shot. He may not have a good shot to make the All-NBA Rookie First Team because his clear way to get there is, is shooting the three. He, he's not in the top ten in any other rookie category when it comes to shooting outside of the percentages, outside of the quality of his shot. But for him to have the opportunity, the Grizzlies need to give him more three-point attempts. Get him up to six a game. Let him average nearly three threes a game. That's how you improve your offense that the Grizzlies are going to need to do against these better teams. So if the Grizzlies want for Bain to have a better chance, if we as fans hope that Bain is going to have the chance to continue the Grizzlies trend of at least having one rookie on the All-NBA Rookie First Team, it's going to benefit the Grizzlies to benefit Bane. If you increase what he does better than almost any rookie in NBA history, if you increase his chances to do that exact thing, it helps him potentially make the All-NBA Rookie Team, and it also helps your odds to be able to compete against better teams because you're shooting the three well, because you're, you're giving your best shooter more chances. So at the end of the day, I don't think that he is going to make the All-NBA first team. I think it's just too much of a long shot, and I think other players are going to continue to get better. It's going to be a hard hill for him to climb. I do think that he'll make the All-NBA second team. I think that Xavier Tillman could have that option as well. I think that he has a chance. But at the end of the day, if the Grizzlies want to better their chances of being able to compete with better teams, feature your rookie. Give him the chance to make that All NBA Rookie First Team, because the one thing that he does better than almost any rookie in NBA history is the one thing that you need. It's it it is the it is a his obvious strength could not fit as a resolution to your obvious weakness better. Let Desmond Bates shoot more. That should be the goal for the month of April. And if he does, chances of postseason accolades clearly get better. And the Grizzlies' chances to make the playoffs get better as well. He's not the most pivotal player. He probably is not in the top five. But if you want the best direct way for you to be able to improve in the area that you need to improve the most in to have your best chance for the rest of the season, feature Bane shooting the three more. That should be a goal. This Grizzlies team. I hope your goal is to join us tonight on the Locker Room app. Again, it'll be at 5 Central or at 9 Central. I'll let you know for sure the exact time in the morning, Thursday morning, through Locked on Grizzlies and through my app at Stats SAC and at Locked on Grizz on Twitter. We I hope that you can join us there. Again, go to the Locker Room app or go to the, go to the app store, download the Locker Room app, create a pre-file file, be able to join us. We look forward to talking with you then. And I look forward to talking to you again on Friday. In which we talk about where John Morant actually does look. How does he compare to some other players through the first 100, or through, through their first two seasons, through their first 100 and 125 games? We'll get into that as well as looking at the Timberwolves game on Friday. Until then, have a good rest of your week. Have a great, happy April Fool's Day. Hope you have fun. We need as many days like that as possible in all of our lives. Hope it's a great day for you. Hope if you're a baseball fan, you enjoy opening day of baseball, and that you join us for Let's Talk Grizzlies tomorrow night. Again, details to come on that. Again, you can find the show at Locked On Grizz, myself at Stats StatsSEC, the podcast, wherever podcasts are available. And until next time, we'll talk to you again here soon. Have a great one on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.